I'm Susan Branscombe, and this is Leading She, a podcast where women who are leaders in their industries, companies, and most importantly, their lives, share inspiring stories about obstacles they've overcome. 40 years of working in a male-dominated industry has prepared me for the task of interviewing these courageous, successful women and to share stories and insights of my own along the way. Listen up, future leaders. This is Leading She. So what I learned early on to really stay focused with what is your passion and not really focus on the money. If you are really focused on where you believe your vision is and how you bring value to your client, your customer, the money will come. Judy is a real estate developer and partner with Winds of Spirit, LLC. She co-managed the acquisition and construction of the Vermilion residential community in the Colorado Springs area. Judy and her partners launched Strata Integrated Wellness Spa in 2014. Judy leads the vision and operations of Strata with a highly skilled team of physicians and practitioners providing state-of-the-art treatments across the Eastern and Western therapies, providing a holistic approach to primary care. She is owner, president, and CEO of Healthy You, LLC, a leading regional corporate wellness organization for large employers. Judy is involved in her community in past and present uh, board positions, including, and I'll mention a few, Girl Scouts of Colorado, Goodwill of Colorado, Pikes Peak Red Cross, and the Children's Museum. In recognition of Judy's transformative humanitarian contributions, she has received numerous community recognitions, including Colorado Springs, Business Journal, Women of Influence, and Women of Distinction nominee and recipient of the Discover Goodwill Guiding Light Award. So great background, a lot of, a lot of experience here we're going to dive into. So thank you again for joining, joining me on Leading She. Thank you, Susan. Kathy Bowe was one of my previous guests and gave me your name and said I needed to host you on Leading She, so I'm delighted about that. And um, she's a great person. We've talked about retirement uh, and shared a lot of stories. I think we might even get together in Key West this uh, this winter. Great lady. She is amazing. Yeah, I'm very, yeah. very proud of her for what yeah. she's done. And then John Reader gave me Kathy Bowe's name. And John Reader, of course, was a guest on Leading She. She introduced me to Kathy. And she was in Cincinnati heading our economic development group, Um and then left Cincinnati to, to go to Colorado Springs to head the chamber. So you're lucky to have her there. I know how dynamic she is. As I mentioned before, we're very blessed. And she's a go-getter. We really, yeah. really needed somebody with that business focus in this community. Mm-hmm. Well, if I count these correctly, you are either a partner or co-owner or owner in four different companies, right? That is correct. I think it's five, but yes. Five, Okay. Yeah, the real estate development, uh, the Strata Wellness, Garden of the Gods. Um, so I'd love to hear about these companies. And maybe let's start with Garden of the Gods. Uh, I have some notes on this about the facility itself, when you bought it with your partner. Uh, but but describe it for the listeners. So Garden of the Gods Club and Resort is a, um, a resort that's been here in the community. It was founded by the Hill Hunt family out of Dallas. And it was a private uh, membership. So the Hill family, when they created um, Garden of the Gods, was really focused on social interaction with um, movie stars, mm. with their friends and family. Um, they, st- they built this in 1950s. And um, 
We purchased it, Brenda Smith, my business partner and myself in 2013 with the mindset to really make it a wellness destination. Mm -hmm. So most of the people that come there are coming in from out of town. Is that right? We have three tracks. So we have the membership, which we have about 3,000 members, um, which have been part of the Garden of the Gods since the 1950s. So it's an exclusive member membership. And then we have the resort, which has 116 rooms. So we do have lodging here. So people do tra- travel throughout the United States and the world to visit here on property. Um, and it also has a golf course and a uh, tennis program. And that's what really the Hill family started was really in tennis. Owl Hill was focused on tennis. Um, so a lot of outdoor activities, enjoying, enjoying the beauty of the nature. We'd sit right in the Garden of the Gods Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. I've been there several times. And yeah, I went to your website and there are just so many things that um, Garden of the Gods does and offers. And we'll get into some of that. Um, what about your other your other companies, uh, Strata Integrated Wellness? So Strata was really my dream since my 20s. Um, at that time in my life, I was uh, diagnosed with a critical chronic medical disease and um, was introduced to Eastern medicine. So that started me on my journey of understanding um, more self-management of my health. And uh, so at that point in my time, you know, in my 20s, and I'm a dreamer, you'll find out I take a lot of risk and dream. Um, (laughs) I just had in my soul that I was going to have a wellness center. Did I know what the wellness center was going to be? No. Um, So it was always in my personal journey um, and my journaling and my meditation to have this one day. So all the companies I've ever had, um, I've also had a health, health and welfare consulting company was always focused on wellness. Um, Cause to me, it was a way to empower people just to understand their own personal health journey. A lot of people um, I found and realized that they can manage their health and mm-hmm. they really use, you know, the doctor to have them tell them, their their treatment plan so mm-hmm. um so even before garden the gods i had a a company that um we were uh, it was self-funded i worked with national accounts and we started uh employee wellness a long time ago with cabela's <laughs> and uh it was before it was known and that's how healthy you got started so healthy you is my uh employee wellness um uh, entity that I kept after I sold my consulting company because it was always my baby. It was just an area that I, you know, I loved and owned and wanted to develop. Right. Yeah. Winds of Spirit LLC is your development group. So that's you and Brenda own the uh, facility there. And that's the development group. Uh, In 2013, it looked like you only had 66 rooms, but you said you have 116 now. So you've you've built onto it. Correct. And that was that development. We, uh, put in cottages and casitas, and then we also have a uh, an area where we have private uh, villas, residents, uh, residential community that wanted that more lifestyle focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they ranged anywhere from four million up to ten million dollars. Uh, beautiful property. Mm-hmm. We're very proud of it. Yeah, wonderful. How does the uh, membership work? Uh, you've got people that come in from out of town, uh, other cities. It sounds like it's, it has a long history of that. And then I assume you've got people that live there in the Colorado Springs area and their members. That's correct. We have different categories. So we have national members, which live outside of Colorado that come here in the summertime. So they're kind of 
um, our seasonal membership. Yeah. And then we have local memberships that go anywhere from a sports to a golf member. That's wonderful. I, um, I think this answer answers the question that I had for you, but you said in a YouTube video I watched, uh, you said, go after your passion, not so much the money. If you go after your passion, everything else will take care of itself. And I wondered about why you were so passionate about health. And it sounds like in your 20s, you were dealing with a chronic medical issue. And it's like, hey, I, I figured out how to do this with Eastern medicine, right? So yeah, that's, uh, that's, it sounds like that's why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, I, I had to self-manage my care. So at that time, uh, Eastern medicine wasn't really on the forefront like it is now. Um, I had to travel outside of Colorado, uh, go to Texas and California to really maintain my health. And um, I didn't have the financial means to do that, but I knew I was my asset. So I, I had yeah. to take care of myself and make myself strong since I've always owned my own businesses. So I invested in myself and my health. And through that, I thought it would be beautiful to have a place, Strata, Strata mm -hmm. Well, Strata Men, um, for, and I was focused on women. And Dr. Barber knows that he's our chief medical officer, cardiologist, internist. But I always felt that women, we really were misdiagnosed or not understand what was going through the different phases of our life. So um, Strata Med, we call it Strata Men now. StrataMed was really formed to have kind of a single source, a single location uh, for a holistic approach to your overall well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I've, I've used a Western doctor for years, of course, uh, primary care physicians, and I've been working with an integrative health doctor group Good. for 20 years. And uh, I use both, you know, and supplements, chiropractic, uh, uh, acupuncture, um, Tests. They do the uh, nutrition nutrition test to make sure you're getting all of your proper nutrition. So they augment each other. I need both. You need both. I would say Western medicine is the best for testing. Yeah. And um, and I really blend that with the Eastern medicine on the the actual therapies um, yeah. that you have done in your body. So I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. It's a good balance. Yeah, it's it's transformative, and um, yeah, I've been a, I'm a big proponent of that, and take Good. a lot of supplements to stay healthy at 65 years old. Well, I'm right there with you, dear, at the same age. So, oh, you are okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, I think we look pretty good. I'll you, too. you do. <laughs> We're healthy. Yeah. Um, You've, you've had a long inclination as an entrepreneur, self-starter, even when you were young. Talk about, talk about that. Yeah, I, you know, I've been blessed with um, determination and passion um, and really not having any fear. Um, so I was a risk taker and felt at, a, at an early age, I would always work for myself. Um, I don't think I could work for anybody else. So um, I think um, at one time, Susan, I probably would be categorized as attention deficit right? yes. <laughs> because I'm so it's always working all the time, and Here. I think my grandson yeah. has the same challenge. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but in, with that, there's a positive and a negative. Um, yes. So what I learned early on to really stay focused with what is your passion, and as you mentioned earlier, not really focus on the money. One company I was um, had investors and all they did was focus on the money we didn't wasn't as successful as my others because to me if you are really focused on where you believe your vision is and how you bring value to your client your customer 
the money will come and it's always yes. worth it. I believe that. That was my philosophy in my career is that you work hard, you deliver, you know, valuable products, services to your clients, uh, you're trustworthy, all of that. The money follows and it, yeah. it just does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read an article in the magazine Colorado Avid Golfer, which profiled you and your partner, Brenda Smith, and it was published April of 2020 when you were, we were really right in the beginning of COVID. Uh, so I'm sure that was an interesting time for you. Uh, but I understand from your background, the article said that you were an, a healthcare insurance executive. Brenda Smith was a managing partner at a public accounting firm, and you were a client of Brenda's, but you you developed a relationship, right? Yes. Um, I think it was a little bit reversed. <laughs> so okay. Brenda's, always, Brenda's always been my accountant since for 30 years. So all my company, she was my um, my accountant. She always did all the financials. So I think I heard um, one of the podcasts I listened to last night, just to understand the format, is you always surround yourself by people you can trust. And she was one of the individuals I can trust and always keep me on the right path, um, you know, uh, through the accounting process. Uh, when I had my health and welfare company, Brenda did come to me um, with a project that I did assist um, on a national level. And this was a big lesson. Um, I think women need to understand is, or any, anybody that owns a company, um, she came to me and, and mentioned that they didn't have any money. But the vision was so amazing. And nobody else could do it. And I think nobody else wanted to do it because of the financial <laughs> situation. But um, I always laughed. I said, you knew I would do it because I always, you know, go after these things that nobody else can do. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to say you can't do it. We're going to do it. And I know. Kind of, I get that. Understand that. Yeah, maybe to a fault. But um, anyway, it ended up being a national program um, for a, uh, a domination, church uh, domination. And um and it was very, very successful. And um, so with that, that's kind of how Garden of the Gods and Strata got formed because she asked me what my dream was. And I said, I've always wanted a wellness center. Hmm. And where would you want it? She asked me and I said, Garden of the Gods, because I've been a member since the 1980s. It's just a magical, beautiful place. Hmm. Um, and I just feel like it had the right setting for, for a wellness center. That's wonderful. Um, in the magazine, you were asked a couple of questions, and I, I love some of your answers. You said, what's the best career advice you've ever gotten? And you answered, you build loyalty with your clients by really listening to them and understanding them. That's how you build your business and build relationships. A lot of our business partners wind up being wonderful friends just because we're committed to their success and they're invested in ours. That's a beautiful thing to say, and that is, that is true. Talk about that. Very true. Um, it was a lesson I learned early um, is the power of listening because I think we're always worried about if you're in, I'm not really a salesperson. I'm more of a relationship person. And with that, if you really listen to um, your clients on what their needs are, um, they're not telling you verbally, but you, I think as women, we have a lot of intuition. You can understand where their fears and concerns are. And as I've always taught my team, we make them successful. Mm -hmm. So we go out of our way to make sure that they're successful. And if they're successful, we're successful. Yeah. And you're right. I end up being having some beautiful friends through this mm -hmm. many years. And, um, 
you know, it's, I think that's what life's about um, is, you know, our purpose in life is to help other be other people be successful and go after their dreams while we're going after our dreams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Another question you answered, uh, they asked you as a successful woman, do you feel a responsibility to inspire other women? And you answered, sometimes you don't realize that some of the things you were doing, some of the younger women are watching. Brenda and I are self-made and we've gone through a lot to be successful. When some of these younger women who have obstacles hear about our struggles and how we overcame them, that gives them hope. I think it helps them to see that they can achieve their dreams, that it doesn't come easily and that it's a lot of work, but it can be done. And that's that's wonderful. That's what we do here at the podcast, right? I mean, we, we talk about how we did this. So... Um, yeah, it sounds like you have the same philosophy. Just listen to us, watch what we did. It's hard. It's hard to build a business. There are things that come up you never imagine, right? That that will come up and you just you just continue to go over the obstacles, right? Oh, definitely. Um probably very similar to you, Susan. People see where you are now and they just assume that it came easily. Yes. And I do share stories where you know, I had to mortgage my home to pay payroll, <laughs> you know. Yes. You know, 10, 12-hour days. You have, um, yep. you know, I was a single mother then and a child. She was in the office with me all the time. But, you know, it was, um, but I love what I was doing. I had the passion. If you're doing if you're doing it for the wrong reason, then you don't enjoy it. <laughs> and right. even today, you know, working at the age I am, I still love what I'm doing. And um, it brings a purpose in my life that I can't explain. And I also um, just love seeing women succeed, you know, to yeah. really help them, mentor them, support them. You can't do everything for them. They're going to falter and you have to be there to pick them up and teach them, you know, how to get through these difficult times. And it's easier now than it was, I think, when we were growing up and um, yes. being a successful women owner. So Yeah, that's that's for sure. Well, you and I have been involved in startups. I started my company. You, you've been involved in startups. What, what do you think, what would you say to the listeners about the biggest keys to startups, making them successful long-term businesses? Um, determination. Um, you know, I think there is a faultness, falseness out there that is easy. And just like we were talking previously, um, to really stay strong and focus on your vision. It's easy to get off track because you think there's a, a quicker way to make the money. Um, financially, it's always a challenge if you are self-made and don't have the financial wherewithal. Surrounding yourself by really good partners. Brenda was my partner. She really helped me understand the challenges that I was looking at. Um, so I think it's Surrounding yourself with people who believe in you. I had several people tell me I could not do it. And um, I think they were trying to put the fear in me um, that I wouldn't be successful. But I just took that chatter and pushed it away. Um, I journaled every day on my vision and stayed really focused through the hard times. I think that's the most difficult. It seems like almost every business I have, I have that point where it's like, is this worth it? <laughs> yeah. gonna, make that big step, you know? I'm like, what yeah. was I thinking? If you hang in there, every one of them, I was just talking to somebody the other day. If you really believe in it, then, you know, God blesses you with these miracles that happen, doors open that you thought would never happen. And it's just, it's a beautiful process to go through. Yeah. It's I, hard I, 
Yeah, I've seen, I don't know if you've seen this, but what you what you've described is what it's really like to be part of something that you're developing and growing. And there are days where you say, what in the heck have I taken on? Why did I decide to do this, you know? And then in the future, you'll have really good days, but everybody gets there. And I see a lot of women start businesses. They have those days and they think, well, it's easy for everybody else. It's just not easy for me. I'm going to fold this, fold my tent and go home. And it's not true. It's hard for all of us. Yeah, I think there's a study out there, isn't it, that, you you know, it's about five years, three to five years, you have to hang in there. Um, and yeah. I think if they understand there is a long-term commitment, it's not a year or two years. And um, then they, they, you know, when they do their business plans and business plans, you know, at first I used to have a really strict business plan. And, and now, um, you know, you take components that are really important for success. Um, so I think, yes, they and, and surround themselves with positive people. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been blessed when people say, you can do it, you can do it. I tell myself I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know, that self-talk is so important. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's like raising children. <laughs> you yes. know, you have moments where you're like, oh, my gosh, did I raise this child? And then you watch them grow and blossom. <laughs> and that's the beauty yeah. of it. It's a journey. Sounds like you believe in journaling. You're a writer, and uh, you have. I have a vision board over here in my office, and and uh, if you dream it, I don't know how it works. If you write about it and say, "Here's what I want," really put down on paper what you want. It's amazing that it can come true. I totally believe in that. I journal every morning. Um, that's part of my morning ritual. I don't even look at emails or the phone or anything, text, until I sit down and do my meditation, my journals. Um, one thing I, I learned when I go through really difficult times, we always will have challenges where you're wondering why did this happen to me or somebody right. wasn't supportive. Um, and I read it through one of my many books is um, to write down things to forgive every day. So once you forgive it, oh, you I let it, it out of your body mm-hmm. and it's removed, that energy's gone. And then also put in gratitude. What are you grateful for? Because we forget all the wonderful things going on in our lives. And that's helped me tremendously to get through some really hard times where I was questioning either that individual or why this was happening. And once I put it in my journal and forgave it, it's amazing how it left me and I new opportunities appeared. So yeah. I do a lot of self-work. <laughs> I, I do too. And uh, I write gratitudes every single day. I journal every single day. I meditate almost every day. Sometimes I'll talk myself out of it, but... Every time I do it, it really does calm me. And I get really intentional about how I want to be, who I want to be. And if you're my age, we didn't do this when we were in our 20s or 30s. I don't know about you, but I did not do any. I would have said, woo, woo. We're not going to do that. It works. It does work. Yeah. It's powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah, Yeah. it is very powerful. And I think uh, one of the things I've discovered in my later part of life is that... um, you know, I'm a really good problem solver and I can tend to focus on what's wrong that I need to fix. And if I stay there, I can get really agitated and irritable. Uh, I'm good at it. Like you say, with ADD, which I have, you know, I can do a lot of different things at one time and still be effective. Uh, But problem solving, you know, I'm good at, but I have to turn it off and say, hey, there are no problems here. I, I've got no problems here right now. I don't need to go looking for them. So true. I always tell my husband, how do I turn this brain off? Because 
I do. I'm, I, he's like, it's a gift and it's a curse because I do multitask. I can, you can see all the different companies I have. And mm-hmm. I don't even think about it. He, and he has his own company. So it's a manufacturing company. And he's very, you know, everything has to be just this way. I'm like, ah, all over the place. But yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, but it can, yeah, you have to manage it. <laughs> You have to manage it. And and these are healthy ways to do that. Uh, make sure you get enough sleep. I'm sure you do that. I can just tell. Yes. Yep. You know, I get seven or eight hours every night. I take naps now that I'm retired, so I get enough sleep. Um, you'd mentioned um, in some notes that I saw that you wrote back to me about the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, and that there are six components. And I I have them right. I look this up. Vision, people, data, issues, traction, and process, which I looked at that and I thought, yeah, these are all the things you have to think about as an entrepreneur in your business, right? That's correct. Yeah. And we use that um, so that EOS Johnny uses it at the EDC and Chamber. So she's very familiar with this. But it is a, a tool just to manage organizations, especially if you want to. Um, I have a personal coach. So I've been working with a personal coach the last three years, and she's getting me out of the day-to-day minutia, which I keep drilling in, going into, diving into, yeah. And because I just like to know what's going on. But I need to get out of the more day-to-day so I can operate at a different energy level. And EOS really helps you create the dashboard so you can see what's critical to the organization um, for success. And with all the organizations, they all use it. So it is a single... Uh, management system that I use across all companies and it's beautiful. And at first, it's a little, when you start, it's a little clunky. There's a book called Get a Grip. It's a really good book to read about how EOS works within organizations. It's a little clunky because you're really, um, you're very adamant about these processes, the time frame, getting off of chatter because everybody wants to have an excuse why it can't be done. So it's more looking at solution based. Mm-hmm. And really focus on a quarterly basis. So you start really seeing these goals being achieved, alignment with the organization, the people are working together, the teamwork. It's really, really beautiful process um, that I love. And we, um, with this individual that I use, uh, Rani Kavari, um, she owns Aspire, comes in just to make sure she'll even listen in to make sure we're staying on track because it's mm-hmm. easy to get on track and and not stay focused on the objective. So I would recommend it highly for any organization that's starting out or um, in the process of growth. It's it's a great way to manage. Mm-hmm. Good tool. Yeah. I was part of a Vistage group. Have you heard of Vistage CEO roundtable kind of thing? I was in a CEO group. I was in a trusted advisor group. And I found a lot of help that way, you know, where... You've got all these people, mostly men. There were some women in the group, but mostly uh, they're giving you feedback on your business. Um, and, and once a year, you'd bring in your business plan. And I still remember what they said to me, you know, and they were right. They, they, they were right. I didn't want to hear it. I had to sort of subordinate my ego to what they were saying. And they were right. Um, so, yeah, we need all the source resources we can get. And I think using a coach is very important too. I had a coach and um, for most of my career and just very personal conversations about about um, the business and uh, then goal setting and all of that. It was it was helpful. But like you you were it sounds like you're talking about rather than working in the business as much, you're working on the business. Right. 
course, yeah. uh, visionary and strategic is where I want to be now. Um, that's what I love. And that's mm-hmm. what keeps my passion going. So she's really helping me to stay focused with that. But also, um, you know, I use her to help other leaders be mentored when mm-hmm. I see that they're struggling um, to give them the tools. A lot of them are women, the tools to be successful, which is really important. And there is one thing that she taught me that um, we do the six pillars, but one of them is clean communication. And um, this is a beautiful way to address somebody that you want to get out of the that emotional phase and not be mm-hmm. personally attacking on them. So I use it a lot. I'm like, pillar number two is clean communication. Then I can say, clean communication, blah, 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 blah. You know, here's some areas where we need to change. They already know they have to be listening at a level two and be open to change. But that's helped the organization big time because there's always these times where you're struggling on how you're going to address an issue that's very sensitive. And so she's given us some tools just on how we can communicate better. Communication is, you know, as we all know, the most important thing for success for organization and individual growth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you have an example within your business where this has worked? Uh, any any specific thing that happened that you could talk about? Um, whenever this, this, this happens to me when there is growth, you, um, as a startup company, you have um, a lot of individuals wearing many hats and they're helping you to start the company and they have a lot of responsibility. And then you start growing and you have to start dividing their areas of responsibilities. They have a real hard time with that because they feel like this is my baby and you know nobody can do it as good as I can. And why are you taking this away from me? This yeah. happened in every organization. I keep thinking, Judy, this has happened to you every time. So I would say with clean communication, I use that. You know, we are growing the value you've brought to the organization. And for you to rise up in the organization, I need to have you remove these tasks and make sure the other individual is successful. So I use it in a lot of those areas where they're struggling, individuals are struggling. And we go back to our our pillars, which, you know, one of them is the communication aspect and and letting other people grow. So that's mm-hmm. probably been the one I've seen through every organization is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, like me, um, sometimes had the wrong people on the bus? And I think we all do it. Uh, at least for me, I would like, I like this guy. Let's hire him, you know? And I get really excited about it. And then you bring him on. And it's like, this was the worst thing I've ever done. Hire this guy. And then uh. I hang on to him, hoping he'll work out later. Do you have any experience with that? I assume you do. I see you nodding your head. We use different personality testing, which helps. You know, we use yeah. PI. I'm just really comfortable with that. And Which one? I, uh, PI, predictive index. Yes, that's one, that one's my favorite. Yeah. Predictive index. kind of helps you what you're getting in. If you really want to understand it, and if you really want to take it seriously and not fall in love with the personality. Yes. <laughs> It, it works because, as you know, there is who they think they are and who they really are. And that's when you have the biggest gap because they're trying to be somebody they're not. Right. And we all have that little gut thing. There's something wrong here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on. but and that. So I view, we use a lot of the different testing, especially for leader, executive roles. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we've all been there. And it's yeah, terrible. I like the predictive index. And I took it and I thought, wow, they nailed me. Um, I know. 
<laughs> and it's really how you work. It's like, here's how this person works. Um, yeah. And basically, you know, attention to detail versus, hot, you know, big picture, uh, getting feedback, all of that. It's all in there. And, mm-hmm. and it's good. It's it's it good is. stuff. It really is. Yeah. You had uh, made a comment. Um, I gave you some information ahead of time about uh, imposter syndrome, but you made a comment that high achievers, uh, which I would put you and I in both in this category, can have self-doubt about our intellect, accomplishments, skills. Um, have you, I assume you've experienced this and how did you, how did you handle it? It's a lot of self-talk, you know, um, I didn't go through the educational levels of a lot of my (laughs) counterparts. And, um, part of it was, I was just driven to go out and try it. So I'm probably more street smart than book smart. Um, and so Anytime I'm feeling that way, I know it's me doing it to myself. Yeah. Um, more than other people doing it to me. <laughs> yes. So that's when you have to go inward and do a lot of self, you know, talk or self work. That's why I probably meditate and do all my work every morning. I do it every morning and on the way home at night just to reinforce that, Judy, you can do this. You've done it you know, and um, just empower myself with my own belief system. Uh, so it's a lot of self-work and it's, it's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think women um, tend not to claim their personal power, really embrace it and just say, I can do this. I, even though there is evidence out there or not evidence so much as they get a lot of pushback, sometimes from men they work with that they're not good enough or, people are second guessing them and then they second guess themselves. And that's where the self-talk comes in and taking care of ourselves. And, um, you know, there's a, you have, it sounds like you have a very good morning routine uh, to make sure you're prepared for the day. How do you make sure you have balance in your life? Or what did you learn when you were working in your thirties, you had kids like me, you were raising kids. You know, what was your routine like that now versus back then? It's about the same. So what I did, <laughs> I, I'm afraid to lose, to stop, because I always tell everybody, if I stop, I'm afraid, I, I won't start again. So when kids were, I, I only had one daughter, but when she was young, um, I always did everything before she woke up in the morning, which, you know, yeah. was about 5.45 or 6. So started my day early, just on my own self, personal care, exercise, meditation, journaling. That was my time. And I found if I didn't give that to myself, I would be off the whole day. It just seems like I would, and there's also that guilt. I'm going to do it at the end of the day. I'm going to do it after work. Well, when you are, you know, I was a single parent at that time, you just didn't have the time. So that was my commitment to myself. I would do that every morning. I still do it. I get up the same time. I haven't stopped. And it's just part of my life. Now my daughter's doing the same thing, which is so, so cute to watch that. She has three children. So. Oh boy. Yeah. Mine has two and I've, I've not seen, I mean, she's a great mother, but boy, is she busy. (laughs) It's kind of fun to watch and then say, good luck, and walk out the door. <laughs> yes, I'd love to have them, but I can also give them back to her. So Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of work. You know, we talk about men on the podcast. You know, I've had a lot of great men mentors in my life. I've had a lot of men really support me. Um, what has been your experience? I think you were in the corporate world for a while, and then you've started businesses. But how have 
What's your experience been with men in business? I would say that they've been a big support for me. Um, you know, at first it was kind of this competition between men and women and, you know, men were more successful. One of my companies was bought out by Blue Cross Blue Shield. So I was in a corporate environment and um, kind of struggled at first about what my role was as a female in a male dominated world. Um, but I, what I learned was to get the drama out and just stay, as we talked about focus on just being the best you can be and believing in yourself, helped me to really start making male friends. And mm-hmm. so in my career now um, with Strata Med, I have been blessed by male counterparts that I help them even <laughs> to be successful now coming to me to help me just brainstorm on how to take this Strata Med in a more broader national way. But they're right there with me. And they're helping me to really look at ways I can do it better and not, and, and we're learning from each other. So I don't want women to feel that, you know, men don't bring value in your business. Right. You know, as you, as you look at uh, some of the young women that, you know, are working hard, raising kids, and you think back about the time, uh, what advice would you give to the young women um, about themselves and burnout uh, and just taking time for self-care? The only area I would really want to mention to women is to really take the time to know who you are, both mm. mentally, physically, and spiritually, and bless that. There's a lot of resources now, which I did not have when I was growing up, and I really you know, struggled and tried to find solutions. Um, now you are more empowered and and it's available to you. So take that time to really make sure you have the resources to keep you healthy as an individual mm-hmm. and don't let your body get burned out because I did, you know. And yeah. um, so um, as a mother, as a business woman, um, you know, as a spouse, don't forget you are an asset to all of them and to mm-hmm. really protect yourself and, and take care of yourself. Yeah. But, you know, um, one of the things, the observations I would make is I don't know that anybody said to me, make sure you know who you are back then. I, I, you know, and frankly, I was so young that I was just trying to, you know, fit in. I was trying to do a good job, have somebody see that I was doing a good job. And uh, we just were really encouraged to you know, what I'll call navel-gazing back then. I don't consider it navel-gazing. I consider it understanding what makes you tick. And I know now what makes me tick. I don't know that I could say I knew that really well at 30 years old. I totally, totally agree. I look back and now and said, boy, you know, I was brave. <laughs> yeah. Not, sometimes it's best you don't know <laughs> what you're right. getting into. You know, oh, um, it is. Yeah, I took. You're a risk taker. I'm a risk taker, and I didn't realize what I was getting into. My husband was like, he's an engineer. Sounds a little similar to your, to your guy. I mean, he's very like letter. You know, very non risk taker. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And I'm like, eh, it'll be fine. You know, <laughs> and it was, but it, it took a while to get to fine. <laughs> My husband's an engineer, so we both have the same. You know, yeah. has. Very, very thought, you know, organized and very process oriented. Yeah. What my husband does compliment me on, and which I think is really powerful when we talk about forgiveness, um, is I don't hold on to 
anything that's ever got my way, a person has gotten my way or anything, I let it go. And he's like, how do you sleep at night? And I've learned that I'm not going to let them have power over me. Right. I my power and I know what I did is done with integrity. And I know what I'm, what I'm building here is, you know, the vision is very powerful and um, is bigger than me and better than me. And I really stay focused with that. And I think it's, it helps you in the long run to be mm-hmm. a positive leader, a good mentor and stay healthy. And we have grandchildren, so mm-hmm. uh, really lead them in a positive way as well. Yeah. Sounds like I didn't do that very much. I was three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up and just like, I can't believe he did that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it would plague me, you know? Um, so I didn't do a great job of that, of letting it go or being so confident in how I did something that I I let it go completely. Um, it was it was hard for me. I think that was one of the hardest things is letting that stuff go because there's a lot of stuff that goes on in business that just isn't fair. Oh, it isn't fair. No. Yeah. But if you let it go, it comes, you, you see it, and I know you, Susan, you've seen it come back tenfold, you yeah. know, and um, and you have to, you have to let it go and not take it personal. Um, right. It's very, very hard to do it, but it's very it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's for sure. Well, a couple more questions as we wrap up. Um, you talked about, you know, making sure a young woman, 25, 30 years old, uh, you know, make sure she understands herself, doesn't get burned out. But let's say she's thinking about starting a business, um, you know, something she's passionate about, or she's a corporate person and she's trying to climb the, you know, company ladder. Uh, maybe this advice is different for each of those women, but what would you what would you say to them? Any kind of bits of wisdom or advice uh, for her to know what to expect or what to think about? Well, I would say first is um, starting a business. It's different than because I've been bought out and was in a corporate executive and then yeah. started my own company again. There are two different paths. Um, starting a business, it's you. And you are selling yourself. You're not sell, selling an organization. So when you're a corporation, in a corporation, you're selling them. <laughs> and they are two different journeys. So um, I notice when I'm hiring people, even in a self uh, start a startup company, they have to have belief in themselves for me to be successful because they have to implement the vision. So you're going to have to really surround yourself with the right people that are willing to execute your vision and understand the vision and they are very um they're you know they don't have to be in a box they don't have to have this job description that that describes everything they have to be almost like a uh, your executor or your implementer um for the vision it's very important to have the right individuals you surround yourself and hire with um at a corporate level um what i i struggled in that environment (laughs) they didn't know what to do with me. So I was leading all these projects, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're like, okay, give this to Judy, you know, like give Mikey right. give this to Judy because she'll go yeah. off and work on it, you know, you know, how many hours. And then I realized they were just putting me to work. Um, I didn't do very well in that environment. So I really probably don't have a good, <laughs> a good suggestion. That's what I announced the company. I'm like, I can't do this. You know, I'm just wasting my time. Um, yeah. I did it for 13 years. I was in a corporation and a couple of things. I mean, they would give me projects like we've never had a clean audit. Susan, could you take that on? I did it. You know, it's the old thing. Like you say, she can't do it. Nobody's ever been able to do it. 
oh, well, you just fired me up because I will yeah. do it. <laughs> uh, nope, that, nope, that motivated me. Don't tell me I can't do something. <laughs> right. And the other thing was, Susan, you need to learn to take no for an answer. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. And I was. Yeah, so. that's, that's what I did. Yeah, some people are just not meant to be part of the corporate culture, you know, part of the part of the, I would call it military almost, or just like the command and control, kind of like, okay, we're all in a team. We're, you know, and I struggled at times to be a team player, you know, because I'm so focused, you know, and I have to remember, you know, that we're all doing this together and I need you and you need me and we're doing this as a team. It took me a while to get there. I struggled with that too. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, um, I have a two-part question, I guess, uh, what is next for you in your life? And then what are your dreams for your businesses? So what's next with me? I, I don't want to retire. Um, my husband and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. I would probably, I said he wouldn't like me if I was retired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I have too much energy and too much yeah. passion. Yeah. Uh, so taking each company to the next level. And my biggest dream is with StrataMed. I'm working on what we call a captive model that we can offer a um, holistic primary care to employers and we're doing a beta here in Colorado Springs, which I'm really excited with and nice. partnered with two insurance companies. So now we can make this available to a bigger population that really could not afford it. Um, and they understand that this is part of their healthcare program. It's been beautiful to watch people come in that have been looking for solutions, could not find solutions and we're giving them hope back and purpose back. So that's mm -hmm. my, my dream is to take StrataMed to more of a national level and make it available for more people to experience this type of healthcare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I did my alliance, uh, my own uh, holistic uh, integrative health, uh, Eastern medicine, insurance didn't pay for a lot. They paid for tests, you know, and things like cholesterol tests and that, but they don't pay for it. I mean, would that be something where insurance would pay for it? I did a beta here at Colorado Springs. Uh, we're self-funded. And so all of our employees um, at the wellness center, they have access to all of our care. So we have naturopath, we have chiropractic, we yeah. have acupuncture, you know, every, um, energy work. And this is part of their benefits. So they come in and pay a small copay um, to access our care. And we just opened the same program out to the community to about 10 employers. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. That's great. I meant to ask you how many employees uh, are there at Garden of the Gods? At Garden of the Gods, there's about 350. Wow. Yeah. And is your partner, Brenda, still pretty active? Yes. I'm, I'm more involved with the visionary in the day-to-day. -day. Um, she does a lot of the financial accounting part of that, which mm -hmm. is important. But yes, yeah. she's still active. Well, Judy, it's been great to host you today, and I feel like maybe we were separated at birth 65 years ago. <laughs> like you're married to an engineer and all this stuff. It's just very, very, very a lot in common. Yeah. So Same here. We would have a lot of late night talks. <laughs> yes, I get you, I think. I think I get you. You know, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for what you're doing to yeah. help women be successful. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I will keep going. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leading She. Please check out many other Leading She episodes, which are wonderful. We discuss challenges these accomplished women have overcome in their careers. Please subscribe to this podcast and rate it and review it. Follow Leading She on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. 
and visit our website, leadingshe.com, where we have ideas and wisdom for women leaders.